I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. It's a whole lot of love for Led Zeppelin in the Echoes podcast today. I talk with Bob Spitz, author of Led Zeppelin, the biography. He takes us from poverty to cashmere, drugs to death, and heavy metal to heaven. Can you separate the debauchery of Picasso from his art? Uh, do I hear the debauchery when I listen to their music? I don't. But when you say the words Led Zeppelin, it sure pops right into your head. It's hard to separate. And then there's the music. We talk about fuzz boxes and fantasy lyrics, sex and drugs, occultists and criminals. It's all part of Bob Spitz's book, Led Zeppelin, The Biography, a detailed account of one of rock's most iconic bands. Before we head to Kashmir, I want to thank everyone who contributed to our fall fund drive and Giving Tuesday thanks to you. We met our goal. I want to remind you that Christmas is coming. Supply chain issues are leaving people short of their gifts, even if they're shopping early. But there is no supply chain problem with the gift of Echoes. Give the music lover of your life a gift subscription to Echoes Online, our streaming subscription music service. That way you can hear all 10 hours of Echoes programming we produce every week. You can also give them a subscription to the Echoes CD of the Month Club so they get a great album every month, like our November selection, Marconi Union's Signals, or our December pick, the Winter Tales Collection, with new music by Brian and Rogerino, Balmaray, Dustin Halloran, Anna Brune, and more. Go to echoes.org and click the store tab and give the gift your music lover wants. It's all at echoes.org. And now, let's take a stairway to Bob Spitz and Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin's fourth album turned 50 this year, and now there's a new book on this iconic and influential band by author Bob Spitz. He's previously written biographies of The Beatles, Bob Dylan, and Ronald Reagan. He also wrote one of the definitive books on Woodstock back in 1979. But now he turns his pen toward one of the most legendary but controversial bands. When Bob Spitz got the offer to write a Led Zeppelin biography, he was not a fan. No, it's really odd. I, uh, I have 20,000 vinyl albums in my collection. And when my publisher called and asked me to do this, I didn't have a single Led Zeppelin album. And had he asked me to name their songs, I probably, I could have named Stairway to Heaven and Whole Lot of Love, but that was about it. I think he could have probably named a lot more because they were ubiquitous in the 1970s when Spitz was in his 20s. But whatever knowledge he lacked, he made up for it in the writing of Led Zeppelin, the biography. Bob Spitz tells a tale from the group's humble beginnings around London and the Midlands of England. 
Singer Robert Plant and drummer John Bonham played in various pub bands, eventually performing in a psychedelic group called Band of Joy. Bassist John Paul Jones and guitarist Jimmy Page were playing session dates on many of the hits of the 1960s, but they were all invested in early American rock and roll, and especially the blues. You know you ship me Jimmy Page wound up joining the Yardbirds. They were a band that started out playing electric blues with Eric Clapton as their lead guitarist. He was replaced by Jeff Beck, who was friends with Page, and got him into the band. But it was really the Yardbirds that propagated, and John Mayall and, uh, and Blues Incorporated, which was kind of a UK group. But there was that that groundswell in the early 60s of electric blues that changed everything as we know it. Jeff Beck left. The Yardbirds ultimately disintegrated, but Page got John Paul Jones, Robert Plant, and John Bonham in the group as the new Yardbirds. And that became Led Zeppelin. Spitz quotes Page as saying he wanted a powerhouse sound. They were also looking for material, so they kind of stole it. The first one may have been their signature song, Dazed and Confused, from their debut album. So long, it's not true. Wanted a woman, never bargained for you. Lots of people talking, few of them know. Soul of a woman was created below. The song is credited to Jimmy Page, but Spitz reveals it was actually composed and recorded two years earlier by. Jake Holmes. I'm dazed and confused as it stays a go. I'm being choosed, well, I'd just like to know. Give me a clue as to where I am at. Feel like a mouse and you act like a cat. It's the same song. Absolutely. I mean, it's almost line for line. Jim McCarty, who was the drummer for the, uh, the Yardbirds, told me that he heard that song in the village when the Yardbirds were here in America playing it. And the next day he went into a little record store in the village, bought the album, taught it to the rest of the band. And uh, of course, <laughs> you know, Jimmy thought, OK, I know what to do with this. And they put their names on it. It, it became theirs. <laughs> But most of the thefts came at the expense of American blues musicians. Alan Wolf's Killing Floor was lifted for the Lemon Song. I should have quit you a long time ago. I should have quit you, babe, long time ago. I should have quit you. Mexico. 
perhaps even more egregious, the song was already an underground radio hit by the Electric Flag, but that didn't stop Page from taking credit. You know, they felt that these blues guys stole from each other, so why shouldn't they steal from the blues guys? The only difference is that the blues guys never put their name on it for a copyright, which Led Zeppelin did. Thievery aside, Led Zeppelin made these songs their own, and for most fans, these are the only versions they know. And they were ripe for Jimmy Page's heavily distorted guitar. There was no singer like Robert Plant in 1969, although many came later. His yowling blues shriek went right to the bone. He also wrote most of Led Zeppelin's lyrics. As Bob Spitz tells it, throwaway lines in a jam session wound up being the final lyrics of many of the songs. They just came to him. The greatest example of that is Stairway to Heaven. He was sitting with Jimmy one night around a fireplace at Headley Grange. It was a, an old house in the Midlands where they, uh, they went to record. And, uh, you know, he, he had a tablet on his lap and he had just read a book about Celtic imagery and he was scrolling down a line and it was like, uh, the lady said, stay away to heaven. Holy hell, where did that come from? I mean, he, went, he actually said, huh? You know, and, and he took off from there. I mean, it just came in one fell swoop. There's a lady who's sure All that glitters is gold And she's buying a stairway to heaven When she gets there, she knows If the stores are all closed with the word she can get what she came Bob Spitz takes you into the studio for every Led Zeppelin album up through Coda. I really felt that I was in a great position as a musician to be able to tell, you know, what was going on, not just in the rehearsals, but in the recording sessions. And how did these guys make this music? So it was really up to me, I felt, to put you in that recording session, to put you in the rehearsals, to, to take you into a room when... Jimmy and Robert and Bonzo and John Paul were talking about how to get this song on record and how to fine tune it. I really took great pains to try to do that.
Bob Spitz also tells a tale of the fifth member of Led Zeppelin, Peter Grant, a manager of legendary proportions both in reputation, girth, and appetites. In an era of peace and love, he was like an axe murderer. Peter learned what he did from Don Arden. Don Arden, of course, was Ozzy Osbourne's father-in-law. And Don Arden, you know, when he didn't like something, he would either break your, your wrists or at one point, Glenn Johns told me he had said something about it, an act of Don's, and two guys got in a car with him with a sawed-off shotgun and said, you ever say that again, we're going to pull the trigger. And that's how they operated. It wasn't just Don Arden. I mean, Peter Grant was friends with the Cray brothers, you know? I mean, these guys were, these were real criminals. They were, they operated in the underworld and they, uh, they had control of a lot of the rock and roll, early rock and roll business in the UK. Peter Grant made them one of the wealthiest bands in rock, but that also made them the most indulgent. By the standards of today's Me Too cancel culture, Led Zeppelin should be in the Hall of Shame. Yet, so many separate the well-documented debauchery from the music. You know, whenever anybody asks me that, I say, can you separate the debauchery of Picasso from his art? It's a great question. It's the chicken and the egg question. And it's hard for even me to answer that. Uh, do I hear it? Uh, do I hear the debauchery when I listen to their music? I don't. But when you say the words Led Zeppelin, it sure pops right into your head. It's hard to separate. Look, they were the kings of bad behavior on the road. And they brought bad behavior into the spotlight in rock and roll. They made it uh, kind of, you know, this is what you do as a rock and roll artist. And I think that rock and rollers have not yet had to pay the price for that. You know, they haven't been called on the carpet because, look, we're not talking about young women. My wife always said, whatever you do, don't refer to these girls as young women. They were 13 and I will tell you in some cases 11 and 12 um, I'm the father of a daughter so uh, you know uh, it's hard for me to, to separate it and you have to ask yourself what does a 29 year old guy have to do with a 12 year old girl it's it's kind of a an eye-opener it was it was for me when I wrote the book Spitz recounts that even film director and then Rolling Stone writer Cameron Crowe turned a blind eye when John Bonham attempted to rape a flight attendant on a private jet. Right, right. Cameron Crowe and uh, Chris Charlesworth, who was the lead columnist for Melody Maker, you know, and these guys were told, I don't want to see a word of this in print, knowing that the undercurrent was they'd be off the tour, you know, and so what would stop? Not just their access to Led Zeppelin, but the champagne, the drugs, the hotel room, everything that else that came with being a, a journalist on a Led Zeppelin tour. But then, John Bonham was a great drummer. You know, when you listen to those earliest albums, I had to listen to them with Carmine Apiece, who was the drummer for Vanilla Fudge. 
because I wanted somebody who played sort of like Bonzo to explain how a guy could play triplets with his feet. And Carmine told me he'd never seen anything like it. When you put headphones on and you listen to the crispness of those drums, the way his wrist controlled almost every beat, for me, he is the strength of that band, the real core of it. Yet, to read Spitz's book, Bonham was drunk to the point of obliteration much of the time. Yeah, well, John was an alcoholic, no doubt about that. And there were times he passed out on his drums. Drugs, sex with underage girls, drunkenness, and general depravity are all part of the Led Zeppelin legend, and Spitz details it all. You'll have to read about the Mud Shark incident yourself. I don't have time to get into Jimmy Page's obsession with the occult, but ultimately, Spitz believes it all gave them license to create. Drugs took him into the music. Jimmy wrote riffs and then he embroidered them together into songs. And that's why you hear so many different rhythm changes in his songs, because they're not songs. They're riffs that are, that are embroidered together. But a lot of that was drug-induced, and it came from, you know, after reading Crawley and, you know, doing a couple lines of coke, or later on, heroin, taking him somewhere in his head that he could go to, uh, to create what he was creating. Led Zeppelin ended in 1980 when John Bonham died essentially on an overdose of vodka. There were a few special event one-off performances, but their last was in 2007. Nevertheless, their legend, popularity, and influence lives on. And it was um, a phenomenon that we've really never recovered from. Bob Spitz's Led Zeppelin, the biography, is published by Penguin Press. On the posting for this podcast, I've got a link to Bob Spitz's book, Led Zeppelin, The Biography. That's at echoes.org. Next week, I've got an interview with Marconi Union. They'll be talking about their latest album and our November CD of the month, Signals. I'm John DiLiberto. This has been the Echoes Podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight, on the radio somewhere in the country or at Echoes Online right now or whenever you want.